Hey everybody, before we get started, I want you to know about a podcast that I've been listening to for a while now. It's called Digging In With Naime. It's a podcast where host Naime talks all things beautiful, pertaining to the world around us, with Eddie Malino's worldview. Naime is actually a past guest in one of my earlier episodes and a good friend of mine, so give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy it. D-I-G-G-I-N-W slash N-I-A-M-E-Y. Digging In With Naime, wherever your podcasts are available. of Talk is Deep. Uh, thank you guys for joining me for this episode. I appreciate you coming back every time I post something. I really appreciate it. Uh, just the support is amazing and uh, the views that and listens that I've been getting for my episodes this season has just been really great for me. So thank you again and continue to support the podcast and me as well. A uh, quick uh, little shout out. I want my last episode. I put a uh, trip, not a trailer, commercial for my friend Naime's podcast, and uh, she listened to it, and she hit me up and said, you spelled my name wrong, <laughs> and I was like, no, I did. She's like, yeah, you did, which I didn't think I did. I checked the commercial, and sure enough, I spelled her name wrong, so Naime, I apologize for spelling her name wrong. Her name is actually spelled N-I-A-M-E-Y, so I will, she'll probably, you probably heard the commercial before this episode started, so her name should be correct in this commercial now, but yeah, so I apologize, Naime, uh, don't hit me anymore, and uh, much love to you. <laughs> my last episode was a really good episode, I talked to my cousin, my friend, uh, Nutter Tut, he is a local Arizona rapper, and we just had a lot of fun just talking about, um, you know, just his experience with rap in Arizona, and uh, he had a little freestyle thing in a bit, which I thought was really great, so if you didn't listen to that episode, check it out, it's also wherever you get your podcast, and it's just a really fun episode, so just check it out. Uh, my episode today is with a, a good friend of mine, uh, at least I hope we're good friends, uh, <laughs> in my mind, I feel we're good friends, so uh, he is someone that has helped me uh, get booked on shows, and also has uh, ran a lot of shows here in Arizona for comedy, and uh, DJing, he does also too as well, and uh, his name is Bobby Johnson, he is um, the creator of Mellow B Entertainment, so Thank you, Bobby, for being on the show with me. Thank you for having me, sir. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I know that uh, I think at last, I think when I first started my podcast, I wanted to interview you, but I ended up uh, sh- cutting the season short. So it was nice for me to actually be able to come back and you know, ask you again, and you make the time to meet me because I know you're always really busy doing something. You, know, you got your hand in many pockets or, or <laughs> in many jars, I should say. So, so I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking the time to talk to me for for a little bit. Um, so I want to get into it, and uh, I, why, why I wanted to talk to you was because I think, for me, I think you had a great story of transition from where you started out right. and where you are now, and I wanted to just let people like to hear your story because I think that it's a great testament to say to people, you no, know, it doesn't matter what any age you are, you can still you know, constantly change something in your life. You can still keep chasing that dream. So right. I, I wanted to talk to people because 
when you and I had talked, I, I felt like I was like, oh man, that's actually a really encouraging story. So that's why I, I said to... some stuff. There. Yeah, you said yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you were high, but you said... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why I did it on my way here. So I'd be like, let me make sure I'm in the same state of mind where I was when I first met you. Yeah, before the sativa hits. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the other side. Oh, the other side. This is, <laughs> this is the indica. So um, I always ask this. Question. I don't know if you ever listened to my podcast. Um, I listened to a okay. few. Yeah, actually. I have. Okay. All right. <laughs> He's actually being serious this time. Um, <laughs> people, no, people tell me they, they go, yeah, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, oh, hey, what do you episode? And they're like, oh, that one, I, that one I listened to. I was like, that was on my only episode. Oh, right. so, but it's good you listened to it. Um, so you obviously know my first question I usually ask is, you know, how do you have an earlier memory of me, or do you remember how we have first met? <clears throat> Actually, it was at Tosos. Yeah, Tosos. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's really hard for me to not say like another bar's name where I. Like, where did we first meet? At a show? Yeah. Like, was it an event? What year was it? Like, yeah. Then I can I can tie it to a year and a venue. And yeah, you wore that red hat that night. And then, <laughs> yeah, that was the first night I heard you tell jokes. Yeah. So it was definitely at Tosos. Tosos, yeah. Yeah. I'm, cause I, I don't know how I actually got booked for the show. I think I was messaging some a comedian and I was asking him about places that do open mics and... uh I think he turned me on to your stuff because I think you were posting in this AZ Comics group or something like that. Yes. And I think that's when I messaged you and asked you if uh, I can get booked or something like that. What year did you start comedy? Oh, man. My Facebook memory says like five, six years ago. I started actually hitting like clubs. So 2015. Yeah, I believe it was 2015. Yeah. Day 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 brought you over there. Data, okay. It was probably Data, you got booked through Data. Yeah, it's probably him because he was my host. Okay, and like I see, he wanted to like start doing his own thing. Yeah, and I was like, okay, but you're responsible to book the part that you want. Yeah, and sure enough, he started calling people that he had done shows with or was at an open mic with or something. Yeah, and that's how I started to meet more of you. Okay, so it was definitely due in two, 2015. Because Day Day and I were at Toso's in here. Okay. Well, shout out to Day Day. Oh, yeah. Day Day Peace. Day Peace. Yes. I know he's actually does has his own podcast, too. Yes, Peace he Talk. does. Yeah, Peace so Talk. Check it out. I don't know. I don't, I think it's available on uh, iTunes and Spotify. I saw that. Um, I haven't listened to myself yet, but yeah, check it out if you get some time. Peace Talk. Peace Talk. Peace Talk. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah on, yeah, on the topic, just to close out, yeah, Day Day was... Um, he was a, a big point of introduction to a lot of you guys for me because I've gone through a couple of phases in comedy where there was highs and then definite valleys. Yeah, yeah. Like, I won't say low. <laughs> valleys. Definite valleys. <laughs> and, you know, I accept those valleys along with the peaks. But, uh-huh. whoo. <laughs> he said that was some Book of Eli stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. I remember he had done a show at the Lighthouse and um, – it was closing time, and you had like broke out into uh, some break dancing, and you had uh, then revealed that you used to be like into break dancing. Um, was that something you did a lot, like in your youth? In my youth, uh, is actually when it was. I mean, it was always probably popular on the East Coast, but by the time it hit where I was growing up in MTV, uh-huh. you know, um, we were all dragging cardboard. We was tearing boxes up for no reason. Just, really? We're going to try to spin on our backs. <laughs> like, spinning on your back was a big deal. Yeah. If you could get the spin, so... You can get the hose, yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you get the spin, then you like, all right, man, I'm, I'm almost there. And okay. you got to try to do your footwork. Yeah. So, 
some of the things we worked on, I was cool at a few of them. Like, it was just my turn to do that little part. Just like you see in a breakdance yeah. group. Everybody, there was somebody who was better at something than everybody else. Uh -huh. Yeah. So, so it was that one guy. Yeah. yeah so, I could, so I could do a few little things, but... Like, it hurts. <laughs> now it hurts. <laughs> yeah, the one I just did before the interview. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, did it just come about because you had seen it in TV or was it something, or your friends were doing it or is it something that you just naturally, like, just took an interest in? No, it was it was popular. There were some kids that, like, we used to pop yeah. in the 70s. Like, when I was, so we had older brothers or, you know. And popping is different from breakdancing. People don't yeah. know. Yeah, very yeah. different. Yeah, yeah. And then there was the blend of pop pop locking and uh, break yeah. dancing. Uh -huh. So the West Coast had like a little extra to add to it with different, you know, different yeah. cats who could do different stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and all the styles just became this big thing. But once again, I became a DJ at 14. Oh, wow. So that was when Run DMC's first album dropped. Okay. 1983. So after we heard a little bit of Run DMC and we thought we was hot, LL Cool J is uh -huh. hard as we were <laughs> losing your minds. <laughs> so yeah, that was like a beginning of the hip hop era for us, and those were still our icons. Like when people say young cats don't get it, I don't want to do all that stuff. Yeah, when we were young cats, our parents didn't get it. Exactly. Yeah, they used to call my records. Go play some of your scratch records. <laughs> And I was like, they're just records. Yeah. We scratched them. Yeah. But they're not scratch records, Mom. They're just tracks. Yeah. yeah. We're playing mm -hmm. music. Yeah. So it started from being a DJ and just like everything else, like you see another part of, oh, there's a DJ, but they're dancing to what he's doing, but I like what they're doing when they're dancing. Yeah. So we all tried a little bit of everything, you know, and DJing is one of those things where I look and see a lot of people that I grew up with when I was a DJ, that we all have equipment now. Okay. We all, okay. We're all DJs. We were all break dancers. Yeah. So we all took a little piece of that culture, and we still possess it today and use it for business now. Yeah. It is. It was a business back then. But now it's, now it's yeah, I see what you're saying. <laughs> and how did you actually get into the whole DJ wave? Where did you, like, you just have new because your friends were dancing, you wanted to provide some music, or you just were naturally like, oh, my gosh, like, this looks fun. I was always into percussions. I played the saxophone. Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, I was always into music. I, I was pulled away from pots and pans and counters and tables uh -huh. and nickels and dimes and pennies and spoons. Ain't that man music. If, if I can make a beat. <laughs> and, you know, like, <laughs> it's funny. I'll get, I'm going to cover it all, but let me stay on track here. <laughs> um, it's funny because when we were kids, my best friend's older brother was DJing. He was a high school basketball player. Okay. You know, he had some he was he had it going on. Yeah. In nineteen eighty two. So by the time summer eighty three, eighty four came around, like I said, LL uh, run DMC, then all the rappers started dropping, you know, Ice Cube and them was pop because I'm from the West Coast. Uh-huh. They started dropping tracks. No, it wasn't it wasn't quite then I'd already moved to Arizona. So anyway, <laughs> always around music. Yeah. Always loved music. And um the older brother was a DJ with another big DJ in town. So we would practice on his stuff. Okay. And he would say, when you guys get the car, because my stepdad would let us use the car. Uh -huh. When you guys get the car, go to dude's house and let him teach you. Yeah. And y'all could practice here. So we started driving over to his house and, you know, he for sure shot, showed us like what he could do. Uh-huh. 
and sent us home with tapes, and we would go home and just practice. That's what you guys had back in the day. Yeah, the cassette tapes, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, was that had, that's probably was a lot harder than it is now. Like to, it just seems like it because it's just as easy. It was just as easy to record your own stuff on it. What do you think they say? Mixed tape. Yeah, for? that's true. Yeah, it it was always mixed on tape before uh-huh. it was pressed on wax. Yeah, it was on a reel to reel, or and now it's all digital. Yeah. So you know, um, what does the beast, Beastie Boy say? Um, and on the cool checking, and we're putting it on wax. <laughs> okay, so they checked everything, they ran the tape, and we're putting Put it, it on, on wax. wax. <laughs> it's the new style. Yeah. Absolutely a new style. Let's do it again from the beginning. And did you? did you feel like you were going to be good at DJing when you first did it? Or like, was it, there a lot of like, those bumps that you had to like overcome to actually get the sound? Cause I know sometimes people can, can hear a sound, but they can't execute the sound they want right. to get, you know? So did you have problems like find that connection? No. Um, well, I, I can't say no. When you learn the basics and you practice, then you got it. Yeah. It's just like, if you just hit a base a basic beat, yeah, and you keep that beat versus, yeah, white people clapping in church, yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't want to give it a title. I just wanted to say when you can't keep your rhythm steady, then it's really hard to mix two songs. Yeah, because you do have to match the tempo unless their songs are the exact same tempo and you don't have to change the pitch. Yeah, but when you have to change the pitch, you have to know how much, not too much. Is this gonna last? Is it going to go past the point of the pitch? So it was it was difficult to learn, but once you got it, then it was like, but we didn't take it nowhere until we had it down. That's yeah. why we went to dude's house late at night and watched and watched and learned and got our little, ooh, we got what he just did for yeah. us. Let's play it on the way home. We got that. And we went home and bought those same records from him at the record shop and started practicing. Okay. So it became easy to where when I had to mix CDs, I was blowing people away. And when Serato came out, I own Serato and have never used it. Really? Until today, before here. Wow. Why was that? Because I've I've paid for the tools to evolve years ago. Oh, okay. But what have I been doing for the last 10 years? Yeah, promote. Comedy. Yeah, comedy. Yeah. I I get DJ work. I play CDs. I I know what it takes to make money using my craft as a DJ. But I'm so caught up in the idea of, man, not my show's going to do great. Not uh, Somebody in here tonight is, I can't wait to see who's going to make everybody laugh tonight. Yeah. Like, it's different for me. Yeah. It, but I don't express that in my head because I'm stressed about putting, <laughs> putting the show together. Because yeah. that's not, I want to I, I wanna be a part of it. Yeah. But not by way of getting in the way of it. Yeah. I, I'd be a fool. <laughs> Yeah. Unless I took a comedy class or something, or went to dis- and and decided to, well, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, yeah. So you know the music thing, I remember it well. I it's all about pitch control. If mm-hmm. you can match beats, it's beat matching. Okay. And now that I've <laughs> I opened Serato, uh, my mind is blown. I'm, <laughs> I'm getting ready to go home and have a field day. <laughs> I don't have anything to do. It's my day off. Yeah. I'm and for people home. that don't know what Serato is, what is Serato? It is a digital uh, DJ program that makes absolutely everything about DJing that would be hard elementary. I mean, I'm sorry. It is kind of like 
preschool. Okay. Like it's like so user friendly that my DJ knowledge that I can because I've never used it. Uh-huh. I've, I see people use them like nope. <laughs> was I that was that because of of a. Uh, of uh, um, the fact that you have spent so much time learning the craft because that you I'm old. To- <laughs> like, you're talking about spending so much time. I'm old. I started DJing 38 years ago. The stubborn old mule, that's what it is. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I want to get it. Yeah. Boy, I'm going to do it, son. <laughs> you just, like, you know, it's, it, it's time. You have to learn it. Yeah. So I didn't want to relearn what I already knew. knew but yeah. I saw it today and I was like, <laughs> I've had this this whole time, really. <laughs> I was like, ooh, but it's so easy. This yeah. Way. So, yeah, it it wasn't easy, but now the way things are, the progression of learning and remembering what it took to make the party happen or satisfy your customer. Yeah. Um, that's the business part of DJing for me. And when you had left the DJ game, you well, I don't know if you actually left, left it, but I you, did. you did. Okay, mm-hmm. and then... I remember you and I talking about how you actually got into the medical field in some capacity. Yes. And what was the shift like from, from the DJing to the medical field like for you? Wow. Um, well, there, I, I did a whole bunch of other stuff before the medical okay, field. Well, what, okay, then what did you have to do before <laughs> that? Um, all right, I'm going to talk fast. I don't know how long this no, podcast is. As long is. as it needs to be. Okay. Well, yeah. people be like, man, we're done talking about this. Turn this. <laughs> push pause. That's usually the yeah. comments I get, yeah. <laughs> I'll try to talk faster for you guys. Uh, thank you guys for listening. And thank you for having me, Nathan. Of course. Really. Yeah, definitely. Um, from DJing as a kid, I was a cook. I, I, okay. That's how I, I didn't really make money as a kid DJing for the first year, but I was a cook in the restaurant. So we bought our own wood, built our own speakers. Oh, wow. We did. I'm, I'm going to tell you everything I did. So. <laughs> And we built our own speakers because we took shop and electronics in high school. Jeez. So we built our own everything. Then we bought our little cheap turntables with our money. But I had a cooking job, and I would go buy. We would buy records with that. So we built up the system first. We yeah. built up our business first. And then the seniors in high school would have cut class parties. They would have after football parties. Oh wow. So who do you think were the DJs? The two cats that had the equipment yeah. for school. We played sports before high school, but when we got to high school, we spent our summers learning how to DJ and break dance. Yeah. So I went from DJing to cooking, and that was kind of how it all happened. I was in a restaurant business, and people needed DJs back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I was right there. Yeah. So we two for built, one. We built more speakers, <laughs> bought more equipment, and had two systems. Wow. This is nothing that I'm doing today is new. Nothing. Yeah. Except, for, except for comedy. Yeah. Um, at that point, I, I cooked in, in my career, worked for Sizzler, worked at the point for about eight years, um, worked at some fine dining restaurants, waited tables. Okay. Uh, did a little management, but I found out it's better to stay on the clock and go salary for restaurant yeah. pay. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, raised a family, had three kids in the midst of cooking after uh, I had my daughter Deja I was a carpenter for four wow. years I built a lot of true north uh, a lot of desert mountain I built a lot of luxury homes um, and then after that I got into the medical field okay okay this big giant gash on the back of my leg right here oh wow so you show me right now you guys can't see but you show me a gash on his uh, on underneath his calf a little bit yeah and how uh, that happened I was building a house at true north 
and it was a semi custom but when we when you're getting ready to set the roof you have to run your trusses but in these houses it was like a little pocket house okay you know, or a little pocket in the window in the front of the house so we were running trusses and we had already put the gussets on there which are little hangers okay and there's just razor sharp metal edges Jeez. so we're running them we're not playing we're doing three houses a day yeah before with with 16 guys three Jeez. houses a day so we're setting the roof and when it's roof time all three crews come to set the roof okay roots on yeah that's how come we can do three of them everybody get the walls up get the bearing walls up all right throw the trusses up set the roof everybody tie them off measure it out 22 on center and go <laughs> and then we go to the next house yeah start sheeting the roof off so that gusset came on the run jesus shredded didn't even feel it because it was it's the razor things didn't feel it we're running and somebody was like bobby stop running everybody stop and i was like man my foot's wet <laughs> my <laughs> foot's like, wet they were like your legs wide open like the meat and everything <laughs> show it to you again jeez 12 stitches on the inside 14 on the outside wow yeah jeez double stitch job I watched them do it uh huh and I was like I'm gonna do this <laughs> also looked interesting to you okay <laughs> wow <laughs> mm -hmm. so I built houses for about another 18 months and start, and I went to school okay to what was the school for to it was long technical college so okay. I, I actually took a back office and orthopedics course so okay that's okay. how, like, I wanted to be an orthopod, but it was sports medicine, sports training. Oh, nice. So I did yeah. three courses. Really? Wow. Wow. That way, if there wasn't a job in one, I could get the other. Yeah. So I stayed employed while yeah. my kids were growing and up. And what year was this in between? This was, uh, I started working in 97. So okay. So it was in 96 I finished school. Okay. It was, no, January of 97 I finished school. Wow. And I was working... From 97 until 2012. Wow. 2014. In the medical field. Wow. And so what was the thing that actually had, like, got you out of that? Because you were doing it for so long. Um, Actually, it, man, truth be told, I did that. I, I had to go find a career because uh, I don't want to say it out, but because my son, he passed away at that time in 95, okay. but he used to go to work with me in the construction site. Oh, I see. So I couldn't go to work at the construction site anymore, so I went to school. I see. It I was see. 18 months after, but he passed away after 18 months yeah. after I started. So keeping the timeline right. And I, I went to uh, school in May of 80, uh, 96. Oh, okay. So May of 96, I went to school, graduated at the end of 97, and... Yeah. Okay. Work, 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 work. Put my other, or not put my other girls, my kids through school, but worked while they were in school. School, okay. And once they graduated, I didn't have to work anymore. Yeah. I was building my business. I see. Rebuilding exactly what I did at 14. Two okay. systems. So I have enough equipment to do more than one event. Yeah. So it just makes sense now. And what brought you from the medical field to the comedy scene in particular because I, I know you're not a comedian but you do a lot in the comedy scene to promote shows to produce shows and to to, to book comedians things like that um i was actually doing my job as a dj i was djing a comedy show at doc's place okay and this was back in <laughs> this is in october of 2009 wow 
I was DJing a comedy show at Doc's place, and um, I met a lot of cool people there. I met J Mac there. I met um, I met J Mac, Boomer Nichols, uh, Jill Kimmel. Um, there are a couple other people I met there. I think I met Clayton Perkins there. Okay. Um, very all very funny comedians, by the way. Yeah, yeah and they're they've yeah. been out doing their thing for ten years or more. Yeah, I mean. If I've been if I DJed their show in two thousand, that's eleven years ago. Yeah. So, you know, um, it started from DJing a comedy show, and I was talking with the promoter because that's how I got in. Uh, my wife at the time knew the promoter. Oh, I see. So we were uh, doing interviews of comedians. They so I would just go tag along and sit at the bar and drink. My oh. wife and and uh, homeboy they were all over there deal, and I let them do the thing, and then it was like. But you DJ, right? And I was like, yeah. That's what we're going to add a DJ to the show. Oh, okay. And I was like, cool. I was like, Def Jam all over again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he was like, man, that's what I'm talking about. That's <laughs> it. And I was, I smiled, and I was like, cool. I'd love to do that. Yeah. And I was still working. Uh, I was working in cardiology at the time. Okay. <clears throat> so I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take the extra cash. I mean, pff, it won't hurt. And it started to slowly turn into... Um, me having more input. Oh, yeah. And then I was DJing at Toso's at this time. I was just their DJ. And they had comedy there with another promoter. And um, I saw, I was setting up to DJ, and I saw the promoter and the club owner going at it. Really? Like, fighting or loving? No, fight, fight. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot you're a comedian. I left the door. Yeah, there's, a, there's a difference. <laughs> they were in. They were in very heavy disagreement. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and in their disagreement, I just heard the promoter like say, "Hey, man." Yeah. And I was like, "Whoo, this is hostile." Yeah. Kept plugging up my stuff, <laughs> and then I just kept working, doing my turn the music on. <laughs> And then homeboy was like, hey, yeah, good luck working with this guy, man. I'm like, hey, I'm a DJ. I don't know what you guys are fighting. Yeah. I'm here to get paid as a DJ. I get DJ money. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he kind of laughs. and like, yeah, well, good luck anyway, man. But and I was like, all right, cool. So five minutes after he does that, storms out with his money box out of the back room. The owner comes up and says, do you know anything about doing a comedy show? <laughs> I was like, no, but I DJ for one. Yeah. Like, I am I just did it last night. Find out if you can see if you can. I was like, is that what just happened? Your comedy guy just left? He goes, yeah, like, things weren't working out. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I even talked to dude, and I was like, he and he told me why. Uh-huh. And that was, I'm going to say this, that was my first time learning that it's okay to walk away from opportunity if somebody else had a bad experience there. Mm-hmm. That bad experience is bound to resurface at some point. Yeah. It, it, because it's not just never just one person. Yeah, that's know? true. Yeah. You only see what, what we see, but right. Yeah. And if there isn't a true agreement on what the problem or issue was in front of a public issue between two people personally, um, the the promoter told me one thing and the club owner told me the other. I'm like, well, y'all couldn't work that out. Yeah, so it had to be something deeper. Yeah, it had to be. And and that's that's what we're usually left with. Yeah, you know. And so I I took with what I was left with and said, 
there's money to be made. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to get my daughter to graduate uh -huh. and quit working. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm already DJing here and I could get some more money. Yeah. That means, okay, I don't have to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's how much money I'm going to make in these two days is I don't really have to work full time. Yeah. I plugged into a temporary service, slowly weaned myself away. Uh huh. I could call into a temp service and not get fired. Yeah. I'm a temp. Yeah. I'm temporary. <laughs> <laughs> they got other jobs if you guys don't like me. But if you really like me, I'm really only trying to work part time. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. It's because I'm working on something. Mm -hmm. I was always working on this. Yeah. Because. Always busy. Yeah. I was trying to set a platform to where I wouldn't have to think so hard or work so much. Yeah. Not work so much and think so little. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I and that was one of the things that you had actually uh, talked to me about because actually actually said go to the next question because you and I uh, well I like to call them um, parking lot conversations you know when oh, you, when you're the parking lot you can just talk for hours you know like when your mama in church and stuff you're on the church parking lot yeah yeah mama can we go can we go boy yeah. if you don't sit down yeah yeah so I thought we we had a couple of those where we just talked for a really long time about um, about you know the art of the hustle and what it takes to to make uh, something successful. And so I wanted to ask you, like, what would your philosophy was about, you know, from what you've learned doing this business and just promoting and things like that, what your philosophy would be um, and to be successful, and not just in this, but, like, in anything that you try to pursue because you've obviously done more than just this. Uh, I think the biggest thing, and this is something my sister taught me as a kid like growing up because I have an older sister, but, you know, um, she's like she's, – She's a brainiac. Okay. Put it that way. Okay. Very Super, smart. Super, very smart. Like, very smart with no effort. Okay. Like, give me the book. Okay. So, can <laughs> I take the test? Uh, I was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to figure it all out. Keep the book. Yeah. Show me what you're doing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was me all day. And then I'd read the book. Okay, so if I add this to what I just saw, I just take the parts out yeah. that, that I think will benefit my thought process because I don't think like the book my yeah. sister does. But the biggest part of trying to get there, man, is first believing in yourself. You, you, you can't move nothing if you don't believe in the power that your mouth or your the gift of speaking can give you. Yeah. And I'm a class clown. So I don't like to, I like to be present all the time, but I don't like to overshine. Sometimes I don't like to be un, over outshine. Yeah. I have to respectfully say this ain't your spotlight, B. Yeah. Go get another Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it was tomorrow. Contain yourself. You yeah. got a gig coming up. That's all about you. Like I have other events, but like I said, I want to be a part of the event. Too. Let me put this together. Not for everybody else, just them. I want to see what everybody does when we get together. Yeah. Like, I get excited about it, and then I get stressed about it. Okay. So, but being told no. You know, my sister used to win at things that that took knowing what the book said. Yeah. She would beat me at games. She would beat me at life. She would beat me at Monopoly to where there were days that I would storm out of the room, sore loser, and she titled me that. Wow. Eighth grade, when she was getting ready to go to high school, I was in seventh. She said, we're going to not... We're going to teach you how not to do that. Yeah, how not to lose. <laughs> yeah. No, you can lose because no matter what, 
at every level, if there's two players, somebody's got to lose. No, that's true. Yeah. And if you can't accept that, there's there's not many games that play where both sides win. Yeah, that's true. Both sides never win. Yeah. And I had to learn that for real, for real. Yeah. From my sister. You want to know why? You're not going to get beat up for being a sore loser. You could be a champion and take a loss. Yeah. You know, uh, who won the Super Bowl? I remember, honestly. I was so high. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> the 49ers didn't. Yeah. But they were champions all season. Yeah, they but were. But you know what they got when they got to second place this year? They got paid. <laughs> they still got paid. Yeah. They got a second place trophy. It ain't the Lombardi. Yeah, it ain't the, ain't the glamour, but yeah. But they was there, but only one team won. But they still got what they got paid for their work. Yeah. They got paid for their job, whether they won or lost. Yeah. So I had to learn how to accept that because just because you take an L don't mean you're a loser. Yeah, that's true. It means your next time you either work harder or you learn from what you did, but it's not really a loss. Unless you count it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't as successful as you thought, but you still went on with the event. You're consistent. The Valley. Yeah, the Valley. Welcome to the Valley. But when you have a peak, is anybody going to come with that same? No. 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 It's hard to find someone to match it. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. It happens, but it's hard. You can stay at a peak for a while. Yeah. Peaks are great, but embrace the Valley because... There's always a little come down. Yeah. Even if you don't hit the the valley, you're gonna go down to a couple of switchbacks where you gotta work harder to get back to where you were. Yeah. So. I learned to accept. Hey, everybody ain't coming to your show all the time, dog. Yeah. Just keep doing. It. Yeah. <laughs> and so, how many shows did you happen to start doing? And on, also too, were you, really, were you. I don't. I don't want to say were you nervous, but did you have any, any doubts that you know it wouldn't work out? You doing the whole comedy thing, or were you, were you just trusting that person that was like, "Hey, can you do this these shows for me?" No, I had I had no clue. Um, I called, I called one of the people that I met in the comedy show. I'm gonna try to do as little name dropping as I, <laughs> as I can. Um, but I called this I called this person specifically. Because they seemed like they were they were cool enough to be like helpful if I needed it. Yeah. So uh, they helped me out with like four. They gave me four weeks of three person lineups, and they said find somebody who will host for you, and those should be pretty decent. If there's already comedy there, people will know that these are, are going to be a decent show. Yeah. So they were decent shows. Five dollar cover. Found a host. Uh, he was he was murdered for a while, boy, I do, and he's killing the game today. Wow, you know what I'm saying? He's yeah. right here in Phoenix, killing the game, doing his own thing. Yeah, um, and you know, just in circulation, trying to reemphasize a lot of the same principles. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I had a weekly show, and the first four shows bred other comics um, for future shows. I used to book my shows. It was so much fun. I used to book my shows during a show. Okay. Like comics would come up and say, this is my name. And I'd write their name down. I was brand new to Facebook. Uh-huh. I had like 23 friends. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and this was like the end of two, that Christmas 2009, New Year 2010. Wow. Okay. It was my, my daughter's junior year, sophomore year. So 
that's that's kind of what it was is a weekly show and after the first four shows i had booked into the future of two months okay so i was two months in then yeah. i had a notebook full of comics that was ready i still have hungry. i still have every notebook that i ever really comics out of wow yes as anybody that it's in that notebook that actually is like like one well, you said one person obviously is doing big things but is there anybody else on that list that or a couple people on the list that are actually Continuing doing it from back in the day? Actually, it, it's so funny and so easy to say. Anybody that's been doing comedy here for the last nine years, they're in those books. Wow. Wow. Just because they're not in them today. Yeah. Everybody that's in this city. I wish I had known these were going to be your questions. I'd have been like, here they are right here. Here's a couple of the books. Yeah. You'd be like, wow, these are really old. You've got coffee stains and stuff in them. Hopefully it's coffee. No, it's definitely coffee. Well, it's coffee or Hennessy. Coffee, coffee or Hennessy. They're both dark brown, baby. <laughs> and do you, so you mentioned that you that it was hard for um well not hard but that you reached out to somebody that you felt would be helpful towards you um do you find that this business and the promotion and just uh finding places to book things and and venues is it like cutthroat or is it really um a, a seamless transition for me yeah um, or in general. Well, I can only I really honestly I shouldn't have said that was stupid for me to say. For me, the interview is for <laughs> me. I'll edit that out more. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you can leave it in there. I'm human. Um Okay, I'm also high. What was the question again? <laughs> Did you find that uh, you know, booking things and having people that you can trust and uh help you out was it more of a is it cutthroat in this business oh, okay, uh, for okay. you as a promoter and making shows and like that? Or is it uh, more of a, a seamless type seamless of, transition? Yeah. Uh, well, first off, I like to address the word promoter. I'm not two things. I'm not a comedian and I'm not a promoter. Okay. Um, I don't mind putting on events and advocating like yeah. I was saying. I said, would, I don't mind doing that because I'm an entertainer as well. I've worked as a nightclub DJ. Um, and I've felt the effect of a promoter in an elitist position that they weren't going to take care of their part of the bargain with me. And yeah. I, I just unplugged and left the gig. I didn't want no money. Yeah. But you won't have a DJ for the next two hours. Yeah. So, like, I got my money and I plugged back up. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't mind. I'm going to go back to the other question. I'll keep answering okay, this one. Yeah. I don't mind being told no. That's a part of the road to success. I don't mind being told no several times because I'll make it to where you wish you would have said yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really, and it's not out of spite. It's out of determination. It's out of this is what I came to you for. But now that you see I'm winning, you want me to bring it back? Yeah. Like, come on, man. That's not right. So <clears throat> back to your question. It is sometimes seamless if I'm at a consistent pace because then I can present that consistency to another venue and they'll either, they'll either want it or not. Yeah. And I'll ask if they know of competition nearby. Yeah. Because it is kind of cutthroat, but it's not cutthroat to where like it, it is difficult to find people to help. Trust is, if you put trust in it, you're creating your own problems. Mm, okay. And why, you know why do you say that? Um, well, because it's show business. I see. It's show business at a low level. Um, you know, a lot of people aspire to be at a higher level. Yeah. 
and some of that requires a little pushing. Yeah. So, you know, um, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a promoter. I don't want to push. I'm here to play. Yeah. And playing, and it's kind of like a DJ philosophy. It is seamless if you come. Showing up is the fun part. Yeah. But nobody's here when I'm setting up. That's work. Nobody's here when I'm breaking down. They having fun because they had a good time. Yeah. I still have to remember at the end of the day, oh, yeah, I got to pack all this stuff up. Oh, put it in my car <laughs> and drive home. Yeah. And I got stuff to do tomorrow, so I got to take it out of the car or I'm going to be late in the morning because I don't want to wake up and yeah. then try, oh, I got stuff in the car. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Which has happened to me plenty of times with simple stuff. So right. I can only imagine with DJ equipment. With yeah. four speaker or even two speakers, two speaker poles, a mixer, a dolly. Yeah. You know, and all your music. Or I'm sorry, now Serato on my laptop. And <laughs> <laughs> new wave stuff now. <laughs> so, like, there, there are other factors that come into me doing comedy because I'm still pitching myself as a DJ for the show. Yeah. Because before the show, what do you guys listen to? Music, yeah. And after the show, when everybody's done telling Music. jokes. Yeah. So I, that's the part that I'm, I'm promoting me. Yeah. But who's, who's here? Comedians. Where am I? Yeah. <laughs> Where yeah. am I? Yeah. And he's showing me uh, tickets for an upcoming show in March. So, And on the tickets, there are a whole bunch of comedians, and he's not on it. So, yeah. So, if this was a bar show, I would be getting like, so I'm charging you because I don't want to use your sound because if something goes wrong. Yeah. So, your security in paying me is knowing your stuff is exactly the way it was without damage, and I assume all the risk. Yeah. Your only risk is you know I'm probably going to bring people, hopefully bring more than probably. Yeah. And, oh, great, it's more than 50. Yeah, money and, for everybody. And that's what, right. Money for everybody. And if there's 50 people in the room, everyone should have gotten their portion of their ticket sale money or their cover charge. It's 70% whether it's a ticket or whether they pay for it. If they say your name at the door, that's your money. Yeah. You know, if your name carries weight or if you're as valuable as you think you are, your name carries weight at the door. Yeah. And if people come to see you, get that money. If they come just for the show, they came for me. Yeah. I put it together. <laughs> I'm just not on the picture. Yeah. But yeah. If they don't have a name to say at the door, how did they hear about the show? That Those are questions my door people have to do a little research. Yeah. Who are they come to see? No one in Nobody. particular. They came to the show. I'm promoting the show. Bring one up for me. Yeah. That not fair? No. Completely fair. I mean, there's, lo there's complete logic in that, so. <laughs> I don't want anyone's, I want, ever, I don't, I'm a fair loser. I, so if, if I'm going to take the L, if you sold the tickets, I only get $2 per ticket to your eight. Yeah. $3 per ticket to your seven. Or if it's $5 to your $5. Yeah. Or if we're selling the tickets for 15 and you're keeping 10 and I'm, that's still 70%. Yeah. So that money doesn't belong to me. I don't even want to see it. Yeah. I want you to do your thing. And if it happens to go to the door, I'm going to make sure it's already broke up and drop it off at. Where so, it needs to go. Yeah. Yeah. We, we do a lot of events, but I don't see anybody doing contests. Yeah. I give this money back. Yeah. I have a contest tomorrow night at the Bench Bar, $200. Really? Just did Top of the Pot contest. Uh, I think it was $400 a T.1. Oh, wow. I do a $200 contest at, every, at the end of every month on Friday. Okay. 
at the bench bar. Not so, <laughs> hey, if it's, I mean, it's enough money to make an impact. Yeah. But it's just proof that I'm not taking money from comedy. I'm giving yeah. it right, right back. back. Yeah. Is I'm going to use it for promotion. I mean, this stuff costs money. These tickets and, you know. Yeah, all uh, behind the scenes stuff that you really don't know. It's kind of like people who plan your wedding. Like, you don't even see all the 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 chairs that you have to rent you don't see all the lights that have to go up you don't see and all you see is the bride and groom when you get there but yeah you don't see the prep that goes into it. you see the beauty after the prep so yeah it's it's a lot kind of like that you just laugh a lot more at a comedy show it's, yeah it, it's real simple it's a, it's a simple setup when you walk in but for the setup to have taken place when you walk in somebody had to do something mm -hmm. the bartender was here first yeah you know, the, the all the ice wasn't in the ice bins when she got here or he got here. Yeah. So that's the setup. And, you know, that's the part that makes the day work. That's yeah. what makes the show work. If the cook don't show up. No one eating. But not only that, nobody's making money. That's true, too. Yeah. If I'm supposed to get a portion of what sales look like or however the deal is made, if they don't want to pay me cash, it is a percentage. Yeah. So if we don't sell food and beverage... Why do you think there's a two-drink minimum? Yeah. So at least you'll get something. And 90% of almost every event, giving it away for free is great. Yeah. It's just going to cost you later. Yeah. And people always tell me, too, like, why would I in the show? I was like, oh, why we got to buy two drinks? I'm like, you understand, this is a, a cog that's always going to keep spinning. You have to support the cog because that supports the comedians, which in turn gives us more opportunities to do shows. And people sometimes would get upset with that. Which I understand because, you know, people sometimes want to go and sit down and don't want to have to drink. But it's like if you really believe in that person, obviously you're going to go see them. So right. support them fully in that. And at least for those five, ten minutes are on stage. I mean, it doesn't cost you much. but Here's a part of that seamless magic in the answer. That's why I have a bar show. And that's why I would still charge on a weekday. That's why I'm not doing it for free everywhere. Because these are places that don't have a two-drink minimum. Yeah. And if people have friends who complain about that, I have a venue for you yeah. where your friends don't have to feel the pressure. Cut down the excuses why you don't want to go. So, again, it's still free enterprise for whoever wants it. Yeah. It's not about don't tell your friends. Go tell go tell your grocer. Go tell the person who bags your groceries. Yeah. Tell the person in customer service. But who does that besides me? I'm sure someone's listening. Do it. Do it if you're not doing it. I wish you could see me, <laughs> but you should really do it, yeah. you know, because your friends aren't, your friends aren't supposed to support you all the time. That's, yeah. that's not a real audience. So really you're not creating a following. You're burning out your friends. Yeah. Cause they're going to get tired of coming to you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which happens, which happens. Yeah. It does happen. So, you know, if you're in sales, do you call your dog and be like, hey, player, check this out. Wanna, <laughs> I got these new pamphlets. Yeah. I'm trying to sell pamphlets today. <laughs> what you mean pamphlets? You know, just folded up paper, pamphlets. Yeah. Nine, yeah they get crazy. Right. <laughs> I'm going to call your sister then. You think your sister wants some pamphlets? <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's like, that's what that's like. Instead of going to somebody you don't know and giving them a smile. Yeah. You got a nice smile. What do you do? Yeah. I brush my teeth. That's kind of funny. Want a comedy show ticket? Yeah. I'm a comedian. I make you laugh do more. Do you like to laugh? Yeah. Is that something you like? I, I have access. Yeah. Let me get you to a place where we can laugh out loud. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the type of conversation I try to have with people because I'm not a comedian. I'm trying to 
sell you. I'm trying to sell you thousands of, I'm sorry, maybe a couple hundred comedians. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the nature of it for me. I have fun seeing people be like, babe, you can give us tickets to a show. Yeah. That, that, that's neighborly. And you know what we don't have? A neighborly effect on one another anymore. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. We just don't care. It's the world has gotten more uh, selfish in its old age. You can live your life out loud inside with screens, your cell phone to your laptop. Yeah, that's true. You can do, you can be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> While you're talking to somebody, right. yeah, why, yeah, I'm usually crazy. on Saturn or Jupiter watching the make a shoemaker levy. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to ask you, uh, has there ever been like an incident where like the show like had to stop because something crazy happened? Ooh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> there's a couple of them, but <laughs> there's a couple of them, but the funniest one I can remember is at Tosos. What happened there? Still no name dropping, but a new a new comic uh, got on stage, and uh, he was anxious, probably having a little anxiety about the. He had a crowd too. He brought like thirty people. Wow, twenty five, thirty people. Jeez, and uh, you know, charismatic, energetic, and like I said, had a little anxiety where he was like, "I want to be on stage now. I'm ready to get on stage." <laughs> And I was like, okay. And you um, usually put people who bring that much people. You usually put them in the back. I try to anchor yeah. them a little bit so they can, so we can maximize yeah. on sales. Yeah, it's about sales. sales yeah. So um, he was amped up, and me and him had gone back and forth. I had gone and kicked it with him a couple times, like prior to the show, to get him the tickets. Yeah. He kept getting tickets. He sold a lot, and he made some money. Um, <laughs> but when he got on stage. He like he was aggressive uh -huh. with my stuff, and my host at the time, oh like we was cool at that moment. We was super tight, and he was like, he rushed up on there and was about to bum rush dude, cause then, <laughs> cause and and my dude was like right there at the time. He was standing right there in front of him to see if he was gonna go to another level uh -huh. before they had to like diffuse, and my brain was like, he sold thirty tickets uh-huh let, let it go <laughs> no i was like i was like let's try to manage it yeah without too much flex because it'll be two against 31 yeah that's true yeah <laughs> our numbers don't look good right there yeah <laughs> so he, he was chewing on his gum and he kept being aggressive and like and this he, is why he was on stage yes and he Jeez. threw his gum at me too but like I said, we had some joke time, but his anxiety had him like peeking. Man. But he was still like, we cool though, right? And I was like, <laughs> I'm, yeah, hey, y'all be cool. Y'all be cool, man. Don't get him, dog. Don't get him. It's okay. And he was like, are you sure, though? I was like, it's okay, dog. Yeah. Then I walked over to his mom and whispered to her. I was like, who, who, who is like the who's the top of the command in these 30 people? Today? So I went hollering at the you know, main dude, and I was like, to my guy, go ahead and pat dude on the shoulder. Go ahead and calm him down real quick. Okay, I release you to go handle him. Mm -hmm. And the host went up there and handled him a little bit and, like, you know, rubbed yeah. him down. And I got with the other dude that was, like, the head of the clan, like, um, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to go get on the mic and let everybody know that we cool. Then I got up there with my host and homeboy at the same time, like, 
Look, Hanobi, cool. But he about to hurt you. <laughs> and I don't want to go out there and fight 29 other people. Yeah. Run your time on stage and let's walk out and smoke. Let's get, let's. Yeah. Let's. Diffuse it. Yeah. So me and the host went and stood back over by the DJ table. <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting. <laughs> See if you learned the lesson. And then every, we had to keep checking the crowd too because it was just, it was still 28 other people that was like on some. Yeah. Let's throw down. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, and it only stayed, that long ex ex description explanation was like 45 seconds. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But all that happened like like that. And that's how quick things can change too. Like, yeah. man, because I've been, I remember seeing some shows where, I I remember seeing some shows where I've been at where like, there have been people on stage have just escalated people like throwing mm -hmm. balls at them and stuff. Wow. And then, um, even really got online too, by hearing how comedians like put, have done stuff and like they had shows where they've been a part of or done that like had to stop because someone got into a fight or something like that. So yeah, it's really crazy because sometimes I feel like the climate for mm -hmm. what, what's acceptable in that time period is like, it changes with the wind. Like yeah, it really it does. does. So like some stuff you can't talk about, like at like 2012, you, you can talk, you can't talk about, what we talked about 2012 and 2020. No. Like some things have changed so much. Like, and people's like, there's humor in, I feel like there's humor in everything, but you really have to know how to navigate it and make it to where people can cope with it. Because right. if people can't cope with it. They're going to go swinging. Like you, like you said, like, have that that buck attitude towards it. So that's crazy. And I think it's great that you actually were able to, you know, find a humorous solution to that problem. Because, yeah, I can see that escalating super quickly, like to the point where, yeah, yeah, hands have been thrown. Um, there was one thing I wanted to ask you, and it's more about, about like if you could run a show and you had to choose three comedians, they could be from any time period, to be on that show, who would you choose? If I could choose three comedians, yeah, they like, can be famous, not famous, whoever. Like, oh wow, like who would be like a big time? Like wow, yeah, they could be alive. They can be live or dead. Doesn't matter. It, it could be a crazy show, but I, I like because I know like you can break a show up into sets now. Yeah, like, but these guys are all super headliners. So, but I'm trying to go back to like to some comedy where I was young. Cause I like music and comedy. They, for me, that, that love to laugh, love yeah. to play, love to hear music, love yeah. to dance, love to laugh. Um, good night. Let me try to do this right. Let me try <laughs> to do this right. It's a lot of pressure in this question. It, it is. It is. But like, I'm, I'm gonna try to do it like with people I know who did stand up back in the day. Uh huh. And I'm gonna do a lineup as if it were today. Kind of like make sure there's. There's either like a brother, a lady, and somebody else like Hispanic or Asian or somebody. Okay. Um, uh, I don't know if people. Well, you know what? I'm just gonna do it this way. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it this way. <laughs> Chi Chong. Okay. Richard Pryor. <laughs> and Carol Burnett. Carol. Okay. Okay. I was like, those are good choices, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Those are if good choices. I, like, if I were to book that show today. And and it, and they were in their prime. They were in their thirties and forties. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> It'll be done. Oh man. Yeah. It'd be like, and because Richard Pryor really entertained a very white crowd back yeah. in the seventies. Yeah. And Carol Burnett, same crowd. Yeah. So it would have been no way that would have been a seamless transition of, yeah. 
okay, Axe, but who would be my headliner? Depends on what state we're in. Okay. What city we're in. Okay. Say if you were in, in uh, California, who would it be? California? Uh, it would have to be uh, Cheech and Chong or Richard. Okay. What about Mississippi? Mississippi, Carol Burnett. Okay. Back in their okay. prime, 30 and 40. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where's Rich Pryor made a joke? I came all the way down from Tupelo, Mississippi. <laughs> so, you know, that would be perfect, but that would be. And now we're going to get off this tractor and give you Carol Burnett. Yeah. Bang. Close the show. Yeah. <laughs> White Mississippi. White Mississippi. <laughs> I mean, that would have been, I think that would have been my process okay. back then. Like, okay. Not without, with, not with being racist, but being a realist. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that would have been a fun lineup. Yeah. Just the three yeah, of them. They're all really, yeah, in their own right, they're all really, really funny comedians. So, yeah, yeah, man. Interesting choices, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I would have to do it that way because I try to do a lineup that represents more than one person because truly that's what this country is supposed to be comprised. I'm, it's, not, it's actually comprised of that. Yeah. You know, we're all from somewhere else, even if we look alike. You know, we're from a different continent. Like, yeah. There's people from Cuba here. There's black and black. Yeah. You know, so, you know, there's people from Africa here. That's true, yeah. There's people. That's why I still want to ask you, too, because um, I wanted people, if, for you to explain to people, like, some of the types of shows you put together, because you really do, I, I don't, I, I've seen other shows and um, other big name venues, like, they, they do put on shows, but it's more so geared towards a solo headliner, whereas you... I feel do a lot of shows where there, if there is a headliner, you're going to have um, a lot of diverse comedians around that headliner. Yes. So I wanted, I wanted to actually you know you to tell people like what kind of shows you put together. Cause you've done shows where I, I, there's been native Americans where there's been Asians, like Africans, like you said. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I want you to like, and if you have names for them, you know, to, to let people know what they were. Uh, yeah. I've, I mean, I try to make it a point. To show that, not just say it. Yeah. You know, and the true fact is anybody can show you better than they can tell you. Yeah. So that's kind of the visual aspect of why I do the shows because I, I want to I want to display diversity. I want to display variety because the world of entertainment that I work in, the only type of weddings that are not predominantly booked for DJs are black weddings okay and if there are there they they have a favorite dj from somewhere that agreed to do the show, do their event yeah um because they're it's it's it just i don't know what the dynamic is yeah but when i get booked for weddings they're mostly hispanic or biracial weddings okay or interracial wedding or married wait yeah interracial yeah, yeah. interracial yeah. weddings um so I'm usually the odd man out while I'm entertaining. So when I hear people say tough crowd, I'm like, huh. You have it on half of it. <laughs> yeah. I just did a wedding and felt like I came from Utah. <laughs> and it was in the city of Phoenix, like yeah. downtown the Civic Center. I've done weddings where I felt like, don't walk wrong. <laughs> like... This suit okay for you yeah. guys is the right color. Yeah. Like I don't want to smile at everybody. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you know, those are the types of weddings that somebody from that event rebooks you. Uh huh. Because they know they, they, yeah. they saw you. Mm -hmm. I could show you better than I can tell you. 
And when it's time to execute, nothing really matters except for I got a check to earn and all you people need to believe in me because I'm their advocate, right? I'm right here for them. Whatever they say goes. So actually, they said they wanted you to do the hokey pokey. So why don't you stand up, turn yourself around, come on out to the dance floor, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together one more time for Dave and Tracy. Yeah. Woo! And that's the that's that's my first move all the time. It's never, oh, they only got 50 people at the wedding? Yeah. How about the numbers? I knew that when I came. It's in my contract. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I've tried to create a little contract for comedy, too, for performers, but... I just don't think it would be honored uh-huh. because I take the uh, who's in on the 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 venues in or the comedians in or from my end to the comedians okay because of the because of the idea of what they get at the door they agree to do the show for seventy percent of the ticket sales if you don't sell any tickets um, there's no reason to ask promoter for money but there's no promoter so don't know who you're asking for money yeah type of thing but I want you to get seventy percent of your ticket sales. I don't want to see the seventy percent. Yeah. Turn in the thirty percent at the door. Your guests should be here. They bought the tickets. Yeah. I don't want anyone's money to perform. <laughs> so if that's the case, I'll just book myself a DJ and play in this room. Charge club two hundred dollars. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and it'll probably happen too. <laughs> I think I just showed yeah. you. Yeah. 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 That's last night. Yeah. And, you know, so, it, it's, it's, go ahead. So what, what is the, cause I know you do, uh, do you do Brown and Tanner's? Is that one you do? The, that, that was, his, his, that was actually with Armando Placencia, yeah. Mondo Man. Yeah, Mondo Man. That's Browns and Tanner's and that was Latinos and, and Blacks. Yes. Because of the lowrider theme, I grew up in a projects in california so that theme had real legs yeah that's how i grew up um i do a lot of hispanic stuff and people don't know i speak a little spanish I okay you know yeah um but it was how i grew up and the lowriders would come over and that's how come the flyer has a lowrider on it the lowriders would come over to the park we'd be playing basketball we had a baseball diamond it would be softball basketball and kids on the playground on the merry-go-round all sunday afternoon wow Okay, that's what my Sundays look like every weekend. Wow. Then I did another event called the Sunday Q because we used to eat. So we had a barbecue. Oh, sun- okay. Okay. That's smart. Yeah. Same thing. Um, it was geared to it was on the south side. Um, and sticking to the theme of your question of, you know, all the names of the comedy shows were to express a part of my life, really. Okay. You know? Well, I know that. Well, wow. no one does. Yeah. But that's... Exclusive. The, right. That's, that's my <laughs> own personal, like... That's my own personal touch on what I'm doing. I see. It, it has nothing to do with anybody else. I mean, there's pieces to the puzzle, and if you fit, I want you on the puzzle. If yeah. you fit properly, I really want. And then it's chemistry. Do your colors match? Yeah. Does your temperature match? Okay, well, whoo, we won't explode on stage one after each, each other. Yeah. You know? So I do try to make a show that's themed for more than one part of the culture in a city. Yeah. Because we're all here. Yeah. And if I can get a couple of everyone instead of one of someone, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's true. It's better to have a show where there's more than one face represented, one race represented. Yeah. And gender even. You know, having an all-lady show, it's easy to do, but there aren't that many ladies. Yeah. Don't you do that too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Phoenix Funny Girl, May 13th. Okay. May 13th. Improv. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Timmy Improv. Mm -hmm. Okay. Nice. And I know you do 
something that I thought was a nice blend. Um, because I'm guessing it probably has to do with your DJ Roos uh, laugh and nod your head, right? Yes. Yeah. So explain that to people what that is. Cause I, I like the the concept of it a lot. Um, laugh and nod your head uh, is exactly that. Like you sit down with the another DJ, and I'm a DJ, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm promoting comedy, man. We gotta fuse a couple of the local artists that we're working with into a comedy show. Yeah. And we did it at the bench bar. Like that's the bars are my testing ground before I take them to the actual, present them the and ask news. if I can use it. That's, yeah, I don't just get to take them. I gotta go say, hey, this seems like it's doing good over yeah. here. So do you bring like the sales and then you bring like that part to it too as well? Like this is what I make when I do the show. Should we do it? Can we do it here? Like actually, just... um, there there's something that has been put in place when I was doing the show prior to all my own shows uh, at the big clubs. Uh, I was doing a roast battle. Yeah, the roast. Yeah, I was doing roast battle with Xander. I'll drop his name because that's how I got into the clubs. Okay. So Xander lifted Garcia as a promoter, young uh, Latino guy, uh, smart, does graphic design. He's man, dude is. I say a whole bunch of good stuff about him. Good, 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 good. Xander, Xander. Shout to Xander. Um, and you know he put me on, and we and basically I brought my. I was going to the grocery stores and talking to the car wash people and getting 20, you know, groups to come watch the show and give him the tickets, doing my print work, everything that I do, I was doing, and he got me into the space. Wow. And he pulled his people in and my people in. We had decent crowds. That faded out because I didn't want to, I didn't want to keep doing a roast battle um, because that, I thought that was breeding a negative vibe in the company oh, scene. Oh, animosity towards yeah, each other. Yeah, okay. just too much roasting after a while is like, okay, so are we, you're saying some hurtful stuff. Yeah, like, like do you really mean this now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, it was funny when we was, like, high-fiving and slapping, uh -huh. but I, and this ragged, oh, wait, that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about my blue couch at home? <laughs> Jeez, yeah. So, like, I didn't want to do, I didn't want it to be a roast. I wanted to do a show because I was used to doing a show. And um, I let the whole roasting just fade out, high-fived, and let the let it go. And then I went back about four months later to see, can I just try my own little thing, this goofball show I want to do? And he let me do it. And that first outing, um, we had 350 people. Wow. So... First time. Yeah. Jeez. And it's been difficult ever since that peak. Oh, why? I, it's, look, man, it's hard to get a lot of people to come out to a, an event where they don't know the people they're looking at. I see, yeah. yeah. So all of this work of breeding local comedy and bars are is so important before you go to your next level. If you haven't built an audience, we're going to fill the room with comedians still. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that, but... The two drink minimum suffers. Like a lot of things change when there's not actual customers. Yeah, yeah. So friends aren't good customers. Customers are customers. Yeah. <laughs> Strangers are customers. Yeah. So, you know, um, I just find it, I find it best that when, um, about to lose my train of thought here. <laughs> I find it best that when you're sitting on the couch after smoking weed. <laughs> to have a snack Stand with you. into the light. This podcast brought you by Snickers. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. What, what was I? I was going somewhere with that. I really was. What was the end of that question? So I, I know it. The end of the question was, um, 
Well, I was asking you just the different places. Oh, that, how I can get the, yeah, the names and then of the laugh show. and hide your head. Yeah, and how to laugh, and that's how laugh and hide your head came to as we were doing it in the club, and we thought it was a good enough concept to take to um, stand up live. Uh huh. And we used a few people that were on the Goofball Show and the musical guest, plus a few people from Laugh and Nod, the rappers. Okay. So it was just the Empress, Crystal Jordan, and I think it was just those two. Okay. At that time. And that was Laugh and Nod Your Head because it was really a hip-hop thing and a comedy thing. Yeah. But we wanted them to laugh first, take a music break, and then keep laughing. I see. So that kind of blossomed into, you know something really cool and we've we've done two there and we've kind of put it on pause because we want we're looking for steroids now okay because they the shows need to be bigger yeah and that's what i mean like it's tough because you come up with a lot of concepts and you know um when comedy didn't have a musical guest before and then it did and now it does yeah it just it continually changes dynamic to where you have to reinvent your next and adapt. event. Right. Yeah, and adapt, yeah. Because none of this is, you can't patent the format of your show. Yeah. You can't say, you can't have a musical guest because I came up with that. Yeah. Even though that does happen, people have do say that, like, oh, he's copying me or she's copying me or I did this first. If we feel that way, like somebody else, like, I'm going to just say it, like, I got the whole principle, like I said, in 2009. Oh, this is going to be cool. I'll be like Funk Master Flex on yeah. DJ. Like, I'm going to be him. I felt important. So I thought it was cool to have a DJ. I don't remember really that all the comedy shows having a DJ. Yeah. 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 I've seen some. I've gone to some where there has been a DJ, but I just don't remember. Yeah. The earlier shows was I was doing, I, I don't everything I ever saw a DJ. I've music was playing of course, like light music, but I never actually seen an actual DJ at a show. So yeah. sometimes a DJ can be comedic. If he plays a song in the middle of that helps your set. Mm -hmm. I mean so I just wanted to bring more variety that was still comical to comedy. Yeah. That's all. And then present it to bars and then if they got big enough that maybe someone would notice. Yeah. And it took eight years, seven years. Xander asked me to do the show. The last three years I've done some events at the comedy clubs. It's been great. Yeah. But they've been some valleys. There's been some shows where it was, you know, a tough conversation with management where, like, I can get it on the first time, but I know I got to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Come, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. But you're still in good graces. I mean, you could do better. Yeah. So, like, that's encouraging. But still, I don't like to have the tough conversations because I feel like I work hard enough and empower everybody else to work as hard as I do. Yeah. To have a good outcome. Yeah. I don't, I, I can't hang that over my back anymore and say I'm down and out because of it. Nah, yeah. man, I got a show tomorrow. Got to keep moving. I got another one to book tomorrow. Yeah. I got the next five Thursdays to book. Yeah. So, so for anybody that wants to like keep up with the shows you do and possibly go to one, where can they find you? Uh, if they're not already annoyed by me on Facebook, <laughs> uh, that's just go be annoyed on Facebook. Um, my face looks like it does for radio right now. You can't see it, <laughs> but I'm on the I'm on the front page of my of my little 
Facebook yeah. page. And um, yeah, find me on Facebook, Bobby Johnson, um, MellowB68 on Instagram, and DJ MellowB on Facebook or MellowB Entertainment on Facebook. Okay. Don't go to no websites, man. Don't, <laughs> don't go looking for me on nobody's website. Because <laughs> I ain't on there, trust me. I'm not. <laughs> www.mellowbeentertainment is out of service at the moment. <laughs> well, um, I want to ask these quick questions um, before we'll we head out. shortly. My signature <laughs> <my> questions. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, uh, what in life uh, brings you joy? Uh, actually, woo-wee. Um, Sometimes you just can't answer stuff with a fake answer. Damn you. <laughs> um, well, uh, my life as a spiritual being is the only joy that I have. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And why do you, why do you think, why do you say that? Um, well, because, uh, humanly speaking, I think we just saw something terrible and we were like, ah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The Massachusetts thing. Yeah. Yeah. Milwaukee. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, just because it's not death doesn't mean we're not killing each other. Yeah. Um, I sit home and think about other stuff because I'm older than 30, older than 40. And damn it, I'm older than 50. <laughs> so I sit home and think about real things because I'm a civil rights baby. So I know what my uncles and stuff went through. Yeah. Uh, I know what my mom went through. I know what, my, I know what some of my cousins... I went to Texas and found out what they were still going through. Uh-huh. So... It's cool for me to look young and play young and do all this stuff, but I have older person thoughts uh -huh. about like real injustice and can't really go screaming at everywhere because I'm not vigilant. I'm not gonna be out here, you know, screaming black power. And um, but do I love my people? Absolutely. And do we suffer from our own hand on each other? Absolutely. Yeah, we do. Uh, could we be stronger together? Well, that's a stupid question yeah. to ever ask. Yeah. Ask, ask anyone. It's like water wet. Yeah. <laughs> You know, look at any group of people that's sticking together and see how strong they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So they, I mean, you know, um, so, that, you know, that's why. Because okay. in the spiritual realm, in the universe, we're specks of dust. We, are, In fact, we're, we're fortunately created. Yeah. It's a wonderful miracle that we are who we are, where we are. But, you know the insignificance of where we sit three rocks out. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're a galactic fart away from death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let there be a supernova. There's a fart right there. Let there be a black hole. There's another fart right there. Yeah. Let it bump into our gravitational world. Yeah. Come Just on, like that. man. Yeah. Insignificant. Yeah. So I believe, I believe different. So my joy is in a different place. I see. Okay. And if, if there was um if there was a question that you have that you would want the answer to right now, what would the question be? Mm. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. I know it's a hard one. Usually people tell me they don't know. Actually, uh it's not even a question it's like a like i need you to give me give me the ability you know i want answers to i want answers to mysteries that we can't figure out right now yeah like what is the why are there <laughs> why are there billions of galaxies yeah and once again the level of our insignificance yeah inside this one 
and we're in a one solar system, but there are several in this galaxy. Yeah. So I don't know how deep people think since this is the deep podcast. Talk <laughs> is deep. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but really, that's where I, I, I have to know what the cosmos has because if there's a heaven, I don't think there's a down outside the planet if we're a ball. Yeah. There's an out. I see. There's no up or down. So Just out. We're surrounded by heaven. That's actually a pretty good, good thought. It is, yeah. That's, that's, that's a deep thought right there. Um, if if you, well, I'm going to say if you, I want to know, like, what do you feel drives you more? Like, the stuff that you have done or the stuff that you haven't done? The stuff that I've been through. Okay. And why, why do you say that? Because that's where your character is developed. I see. You can't go through it and then have any wisdom if you haven't developed so how can you want something and not know what it took to get there okay. you have to go through it yeah and that's painful and that's how come i learned to be a fair loser i can't win them all yeah and you have to accept your loss yeah do you feel people should win it all like sometimes, all the single time you know what sometimes if if that's what's in the stars for them, if that's who their character has developed into, because I know some cats that I'll be like, man, is this nigga gonna ever take a loss? <laughs> like, good night. Like, that's what's up, though. Like, yeah. In fact, I'm inspired. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, and I'll go home and think, man, what can I do to turn two things different? Mm-hmm. Like, really think about it and just, <laughs> nothing, not, man. Just not my time yet. Yeah. And when it comes, man, I'm, ooh, thinking that thought. Not here yet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, 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 I'm, I'm with. I'm a congratulator. Like sometimes it's hard not to be like, damn, I wish that was me right now. Yeah. Show me somebody who didn't want to be in first place. That's true. Yeah. Everybody wants to win once in a while. Yeah. And if you see somebody with 21st place ribs, you'd be like, so are you training different than me? Mm-hmm. Like, what's your braining training? Like learn. <laughs> yeah. 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 Learn. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I, every time I ask that question, I always get a different response. So it's really cool to like, I don't know, just ask that question because right. everybody always comes up with something like really a good reason why they think that way. So yeah, I think it's good. Um, well, that's the end of the podcast. That was my last question. All right. So I want to thank you for again oh, you, coming out to the show. I know it ran a little long. Um, and probably places to go. So uh. <laughs> it's Wednesday, man. I just got Serato. I'm going. I'm going. Actually, Get to the Serato. I've, I've had Serato. I just downloaded it so I could use it, <laughs> yeah. and it works. So yeah. I'm going to go play. <laughs> so you guys, uh, thank you for joining for this episode. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Nathan Butler Official. Uh, also on Twitter at My Talk Is Deep. That is the official Twitter account for this podcast. I am on Anchor.fm, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Please leave me a five-star review. We got March Madness coming up comedy show. It is March 11th, Wednesday. March 11th. Um, Like you said, follow Bobby Johnson on Facebook or MLB68, Instagram. Uh, Check it out. You can get some tickets from him. Only $15 at Stand Up Live, so you know it's going to be lit because every time someone goes Stand Up Live, it's just a fun show. So check it out. Um, Remember, guys, be blessed and Thank you.